Hey, this is the Nobody Likes Casey McLean podcast. Please check out my stand-up dates at thecaseymcclain.com. Also, follow me on all social media at thecaseymcclain. Check out stand-up clips and videos of mine at youtube.com slash McLean. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. Anchor is where I host this podcast. It's where the file sits. It's also a great place if you want to start a podcast where you can record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When you're hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast to all the listening platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Whatever you're listening to this podcast on, you can get your podcast to that platform very easily. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey, it's the Nobody Likes Casey McLean podcast. This is Casey McLean. Um, what a day. No guests today. Uh, let's get some plugs out of the way. June 4th. I have a, I'm getting my, this isn't a plug, unless you want to come. I'll try to sell tickets to it. Uh, March 11th, I'm getting my tonsils removed. So if you want to see the last show I do before, the last show I do with tonsils, uh, come see me in Arlington, Washington, March, no, what month are we in? May 7th. It's at like Stein's Tap House. I'm there with Gabriel Rutledge, the great Gabriel Rutledge. And then uh, I'm off stand-up for a couple weeks because they say 10 to 14 days to recover. So the earliest I might have a gig is... Uh, May 20th, but the more likely is, uh, I think May 27th, I'll be, I think it's maybe sold out by the time might already be sold out to be honest with you. It's a show in, uh, Tumwater. No, Olympia, something like that. It's with Gabe also, uh, because it's selling out and it's not a door deal. My interest is, uh, slightly reduced, I would say. And then, very important dates, June 4th and 5th will be, Gabe and I will be in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. We will be uh, taking a, a door deal there. So it's very important that we sell a lot of tickets. And then, a big day for me. I had good news and bad news happen on the same day. I had my headlining weekend at uh, Skyline Comedy Club, which would have been my first time at Skyline Comedy Club. It would have been my first full weekend headlining a comedy club uh, canceled because we're in the middle of a pandemic and I'm not going to sell tickets. Like, let's be honest, folks. You, I could count who's listening to this podcast without using my hands too many times. You know what I mean? So I'm not moving tickets. I mean, share this podcast, by the way. Share my stand-up clips. I got a bunch of clips on youtube and tiktok and instagram and facebook whichever your preferred platform is if you wouldn't mind go share some stand-up clips some podcast clips tell your friends about the podcast but i understand first off uh the people that own skyline comedy club nobody in comedy has been better to me than those people um also we all every comic realizes in this stretch that the, it, there's going to be tough there's going to be some tough roads for comics at, at the beginning of this pandemic. I said that every comic was going to take a step backwards, like go down one level. And I've been very lucky 
because I was uh, featuring at a lot of clubs before the pandemic, and I'm lucky enough that I've gotten to feature um, feature two full weekends, a couple shows, one off. I'm headlining some shows. I feel extremely lucky to have basically maintained my level, if not if not taken a step forward. So no hard feelings, but the good news that came from that day that wasn't related, but it remains good news. June 4th and 5th, uh, Honey in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. June 6th, Casey McLean headlines Spokane Comedy Club. Uh, Spokane Comedy Club might be my favorite club in the country. It's they're, uh, it's a home to fantastic audiences. It's a world-class club. And to be headlining that club is just so fucking cool. And I'm going to record the shows. We'll see. I'm doing another weekend out there in August featuring. So I'm trying to get this. I have about 20 minutes of material um, about the early parts of having a child. And I have a couple reasons that I want to record it. And then a couple reasons that I want to wait to stop telling the jokes. And the reason I want to wait to stop telling the jokes is because I have a whole bunch of merch attached to one of the jokes. I think I can keep another one of the jokes, uh, chambered, which is good. Um, I have other merch ideas also. I got I got some decisions to make. I did make uh, merch for this podcast. I think I've talked about this on the podcast. Uh, I haven't posted it online anywhere for purchase, but I brought it with me to Boise, Idaho, and I sold one shirt. I've given a couple away to comics. And so if you want to buy a Nobody Likes Casey McLean shirt, uh, let me know. I'll figure out a way to get it to you. And then if I'm going to post them eventually, but Make sure that you uh, make sure you tell your friends about the podcast so that somebody will buy these fucking shirts for me. This was the saga of these shirts, by the way. Is I had a, I had a stressful. I, I think I've talked about this on the podcast already. I don't want to, um, I don't want to bore anyone by repeating these details. But I have about 150 shirts now. This is the is the end of 150 shirts that say nobody likes Casey McLean with the podcast logo. So if you uh, if you're, if you're interested, please, please, please let me know. Uh, I can give you a bulk discount. In fact, you could, you could clothe the whole city if you live in a small enough city. Uh, okay. So I did, I did some shows I did last time we talked alone. I believe that I had not yet roasted, uh, Burungi, and then we had our roast. It went great. Um, he was very, very good. He had a better stand up set than I did and then had like a very good roast set and he, uh, he won. He did. I would say we did close to equally well to, to put everything together. I don't think that it was going to be an easy win for me by any stretch. And then the fact that we're in 2021, we're like days removed from the the Derek Chauvin verdict. I was not going to be a sympathetic figure on that stage. And he crushed in his stand-up. So I don't know if all those contests where the audience votes, if they have the most sophisticated palette. But it's one of the rare shows 
that I got beat and I did not feel bad about it at all uh, until I had some friends give me a hard time about it. And then I got very defensive about it. This was on the drive to Monroe, Washington. I, we recorded it like it was a podcast and uh, it was potentially going to be a podcast. And now it maybe it's going to be a lost tape because not only did we get into it about that, we got into some pretty wild, some pretty like, actually, you know what? Not even wild. It's just, it's so sad that these kinds of conversations, I feel worried about releasing it. Um, because I think that, I think that we live in this time where it's like, if you, it's not just having the right, like wanting the right outcome for people. It's like, if you don't, if you don't want it the same way, if you don't want it to go down the same path as is socially acceptable, if it just feels to me like it's dangerous and maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm oversensitive, but it's, you know, I see people get dismissed constantly for just having the slightly wrong opinion and I already have enough slightly wrong opinions. So, uh, publishing my opinion on how to create more equal outcomes in this country in a comedic on a comedic platform and a comedic podcast with my friend Greg Beachler, who we disagreed by the way. Uh, I would still I stand by my disagreement. He says that we need to have a podcast about this and maybe when we're not driving to a comedy show with someone to team up against uh me or him but if we're being honest me and i'm not missing directions because i'm so enthralled with the conversation by the way so i drive to monroe we have this like cool conversation we all meet up at greg's uh apartment and on my way home so on the way there we saw first thing like pull out of his parking lot and Right away, we see this accident where someone's like off the road facing the wrong direction. This is at like six at night or something like that. It wasn't at a time where you would expect to see something that horrific. And then it's like 70 miles to drive to Monroe. So we drive for whatever amount of time. Um, I think I, I think we met there at 630. And on the way home, I dro- so I dropped Greg off. I dropped Kevin Eggleston, the other comic on the show, another passenger off. By the way, uh, that team, me, Greg, Kevin Eggleston, going to Washougal, Washington, June 17th. It's going to be very exciting. And then I'll be check, – uh, check my website, um, because I have other dates in Spokane and Idaho. And Spokane Valley, which I didn't realize those are different places, by the way. I mean, I know they could be different regions, but Spokane Valley is just Spokane, right? Uh, weigh in. Let me know. Tweet at me or whatever if, if you live in Spokane Valley and I'm, I'm, I'm dishonoring your entire family by assuming you're just part of Spokane and being cute with the way you describe your stupid part of the city. I think that's the bad part of the city too, which why would you want to, wouldn't you want to glom on to the other part? Um, so we're driving back. I dropped these guys off. It's like, it's shitting rain out of the sky. That's the best way I can describe it. It's shitting rain. 
fecal matter made of rain coming out of the sky. And I've lived in the, I've, this is, these are the places I've lived in my life. I grew up, I was born in Federal Way, Washington. I lived in uh, Fife, Washington for a long time, then Edgewood, Washington. Then I moved to Auburn, Washington. Then I moved to Kent, Washington. And now I live in Tacoma, Washington. I am not a worldly man. These are the places that I have lived. And in that time in my life, I have always had to deal with the stupid Fife curve on I-5. On our, uh, If you're listening from out of state, it's our big freeway. It goes all down the West Coast. I had to... There's this part by Fife where they've been fucking adding lanes and adding ramps and making things more complex but not more efficient and constantly under construction my whole fucking life. And then the uh, there's a we have a casino that's just off the freeway right after this part, and they just put up like a huge like Vegas Strip or Times Square sized reader board. And it's shitting rain. It's literally like 1245 in the morning. Uh, this part of the freeway has been so fucked that at a point there's just like basically no lines. I've been confused what my line is. What And there's either, there's either, by the way, it's not even just that there's no lines. But when there's faded lines, there's like three sets of faded lines. So you're like, what what fucking lane am I even supposed to be in? And then it's you're next to this like like full like several city blocks long reader board and it's reflecting down onto wet asphalt with no fucking lines. How this isn't a liability for the city, I don't understand. But uh so and I'm fucking hydroplaning, as I mentioned, shitting rain. I at a point I'm like I'm like I'm driving not I'm driving badly. Uh not I had I had one beer um hours before this, not alcohol related. Uh I'm just like I'm like I am this is a bad situation and I'm handling it in a way that's making it a lot worse. And so I get home and you know after one of those trips you're like you almost need to like fucking like decompress in a way you know what i mean because you're like i mean just like so i'm i like cut a guy off on accident because i'm trying to you know there's just so much shit going on my car uh took on i hit so much water at one point that i thought it was it was shutting down um which i have had happen before by the way i've had my car shut down because i drove through too deep of a puddle you don't expect that those puddles are going to be when you're going 70 miles an hour on the freeway uh Anyway, so figure it out, I guess, City of Tacoma and Fife, if, you, if you're listening to this podcast. <clears throat> um, I also, I talked about the NFL draft the other day, and Justin Fields, my favorite prospect in the NFL draft, went to the Chicago Cubs, Chicago Cubs, the Chicago Bears, which in some ways is like a perfect spot. It's like a historic franchise. They need a quarterback. Andy Dalton is there. Uh, he's not the quarterback of the future. The problem with it is, in my opinion, 
if you look at like the Chicago Bears record books, it's really hard for them to get a quarterback that puts up like Hall of Fame stats because it's a combination of it's freezing cold and it's so windy in Chicago that it's not an incredibly pass-friendly environment. And so I'll be interested to see, but my suspicion is that even if Justin Fields is truly the world-beating quarterback that I thought he could be, that I think he could be, his stats are never going to back it up in Chicago. There was almost a trade, apparently, or there was some discussion of a trade of Aaron Rodgers. I, Aaron Rodgers, by the way, seems like the biggest prick in sports. I love making fun of Aaron Rodgers. If you don't know Aaron Rodgers' story, he was supposed to be, he was in the discussion in his draft to be drafted number one overall. Uh, the San Francisco 49ers chose to take Alex Smith, who just retired from football. Uh, Aaron Rodgers famously lasted deep into the first round. The Green Bay Packers pick him up. Uh, they draft him while they have Brett Favre on the roster, like Hall of Fame quarterback, Brett Favre. Brett Favre gives the dude the whole, the cold shoulder. He's shitty to him. Aaron Rodgers becomes a Hall of Fame quarterback after Brett Favre leaves a couple years later. And now the cycle's just happening again. Rodgers is like 37 years old. He's on the verge of, it seems like, the end of his career. And I think it's, by the way, everybody just points to, they're like, oh, but Tom Brady's, you know, 87 years old, so we can't count Rodgers out. Well, yeah, that's true. First off, medical science is better than it's ever been obviously also quarterbacks are the most protected they've ever been. So if he's, it's possible that Aaron Rodgers will be able to play could play into his forties. He just won the goddamn MVP. Um, but Aaron Rodgers is also this guy that's like been prickly. Um, he doesn't, he also famously does not talk to his family, which is, I love making fun. Like, how do you not talk to mom, dad, and brother? And I will, I will open myself up to the fact that there could be an incredibly tragic reason that I would feel bad for having made fun of him for. But for right now, his persona is as this like egomaniac piece of shit. And it's hilarious it's hilarious to watch uh, his his name get tarnished. I'm tired. I'm recording this late. I'm uh, with the tonsils coming out. We'll see. I think I have a podcast planned for next week. I'm not yet sure on the week after that, and I'm hoping that the week after that I will be able to record a new podcast because my tonsils We'll be recording on brand new, fresh tonsils, and we'll be christening those babies. We'll be breaking a bottle of champagne on those tonsils and taking them on their first voyage. Um, I'm hoping that having my tonsils out, a couple of the benefits will be, I've lately had a really hard time when I drink alcohol because I wake up in the morning and my tonsils just feel swollen, and... I also can't really smoke cigars, which is, I recognize neither of these things are like 
it's not like I'm losing. It's not like I lost the ability to do cardiovascular exercise and my life is my health is being hurt by this, but I enjoy a good cigar and a, and an alcoholic beverage. And even right now I can feel them. I can feel them swelling up and, uh, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, they're just annoying. After I, it's been really pronounced since I came back to doing comedy after the pandemic, uh, allowed us to, I won't say it's over, but after the pandemic allowed me to come back and do comedy, I've really, really noticed it because just like one, first off, I'm having so goddamn much fun on stage that I feel like I'm trying to give a little extra, you know, and my, yeah, just the, the next morning after performing, they're just fucking throbbing. So, um, velvet tonsils coming, coming at you in, uh, or velvet, velvet vocal cords coming at you in late May. I guess, I guess I won't be breaking, uh, my tonsil three, my tonsil free throat is where you'll be, uh, breaking off that champagne bottle. I think I've opened myself up by the way, to a lot of innuendo and I didn't mean to do any of that. Uh, the Seahawks had three draft picks. They did some trades uh, that at one point, I believe they had four draft picks and then they were back down to three draft picks. They drafted, oh my God, I can't think of it. The dude's name, uh, Eskridge, something Eskridge, uh, super athletic, small receiver in the second round. And then a Trey something in the fifth round, Trey Watson, Trey... Oh man, my phone's not by me. Otherwise, I could. I'm, I'm trying to record this with as few distractions as possible, and so Trey something. I know it's not Trey Flowers because they already have a Trey Flowers. And uh, but the guy that's like the most interesting, there's this dude Stone Forsyth, is this six foot eight, super athletic, played left guard or left tackle and right tackle in college. He's, he's built like the prototype, the prototype of what you want from a, from a, a left tackle or right tackle. And there's no consensus on, there was no consensus on where he should be picked. Some people thought sixth, seventh round. Some people literally had him as a first round talent. People, there's people that think that he could step in and play tackle right away. And it felt a little bit when I saw that they had drafted him like when they drafted DK Metcalf, where it's like the whole world is saying, this dude is the one of he's the best athlete in the draft. Draft this guy. And somebody, my team, every fan wanted their team to draft DK Metcalf. And then 63 times he got passed on. And finally the 64th pick, I believe, or whatever it was late in the late in the second round, at least. The Seahawks drafted, uh, uh, how embarrassing, DK Metcalf, and now he's, you know, one of the best receivers in football. Uh, and it felt that way because Stone Forsyth is one of these, like, hyper-athletic guys for his position. Um, let's see, what else do I have on my list here? Uh, it's Mother's Day's coming up. If you're a mo- If you're a mom out there, happy Mother's Day. I don't, I, I have this idea for a bit between all of us 
several years ago, I did this show in an unnamed business in an unnamed state where I was there with Gabriel Rutledge, actually. And the MC, so I had to do 30 minutes. Gabe was going to do an hour. And the MC goes, hey, uh... You got to do exactly 30 minutes because I'm going to show back up. The MC, also a security guard in this uh, establishment. And he goes, I'm going to be back 27 minutes after your set. And I'm going to leave 32 minutes after your set. So if you go, your set starts. So if you go short or if you go long, you need to be aware of that and bring Gabe up yourself. And I'm like, okay, I can do that. And then the guy, go, he's like, okay, well, I'm going to go out there. And I thought he was going to like do, in comedy, they call it doing some time. I thought he was going to do some time, do some material. Let's get the crowd laughing. At least let's not feed into their worst tendencies as audience members. And he walks out onto the, onto the stage and he goes, hey, everybody, you know, we have a comedy show tonight. Give it up for your headliner, Gabriel Rutledge. They cheer. And he goes, uh, all right, does anyone have any birthdays in the audience? And a lot of times what will happen at clubs is an MC will go out. The first comic will go out and he'll talk to the crowd a little bit, a little bit. Um, he'll get them, he'll get them like raise their energy a little bit, get them laughing, get them, get them engaged. That's what, that's what you want out of an MC. And there's, there's places that uh, that's not what they want. They don't want the, the MC to talk to the crowd. And there's places where that's the way the MC operates. And so I hear him go, are there any birthdays in the crowd? And I'm like, oh, this is going to be one of these guys that's like, he's a talk to the crowd MC. That's fine. I don't, I'm not like, I'm trying also to be overall just less snobby about everything in my life. I drank a, uh, in Enumclaw, Washington, I drank a PBR in the green room and then another PBR while I was selling merch, which if we're being honest in, in Enumclaw, that might've increased my merch sales to be drinking a, uh, a domestic light lager. But, uh, this, so this guy goes out. And he goes, uh, are there any birthdays in the audience? And like someone, you know, three women in the back, a woo. And then, uh, are there any anniversaries in the crowd? And, you know, a couple couples in the front go, uh, woo, you know, it's our, all right, cool. Any, uh, I think, I think this is actually his only joke. He goes, any divorces? Woo. And then, uh, he goes, okay, your first comedian is Casey McLean. And, the funny part about that is he served no purpose. This guy served out. He didn't get the crowd like energized at all. He just conditioned them to want to talk to the comic, but without any expectation that there was going to be like a joke after. So they just talked to me a lot. And now what I wonder is, are there any mothers in the audience? Happy Mother's Day. Did I say that? Did I say that that's what he did. He'd go, "Are there any? Are there any uh, birthdays in the crowd?" And he'd go, "Cool, happy birthday." Uh, any any anniversaries? Happy anniversary. Like he, there was no joke. He was just saying. I think I fucked that part up at the beginning. 
And then I bombed horribly after him. So that might have painted my image of this guy. I think his name might be Tony. Which I've probably given away enough that he could identify himself in this story. And maybe comedians could, could identify where I'm where I'm talking about. But I haven't been back. Uh, not only have they not asked me back, but I've not pursued the opportunity to go back there. I did see... This is really gonna. In this establishment, I there's also a hotel attached, and I did see a prostitute pick up a man, and I wasn't sure completely that she was a prostitute until I saw her as I was like leaving my room to get a fucking Hershey's chocolate bar or something like that. After a horrific bomb, uh, I saw her coming out of the man's room, adjusting her clothes, and their uh, the the tone of their interaction had changed quite a bit. And from a looks perspective, she was several leagues away from his level, and from a he had a lot. He had a lot of bad going on, and this wasn't the kind of place where you're like, "Well, he was rich, though. He must have been rich." This guy was not rich. I can promise you. Nobody in that in that establishment or in that hotel was rich by pre-selection. That is a pre-selected quality of someone who stepped foot into that establishment is that they were not a wealthy person. Fully guaranteed. The internet is arguing the big boy, the rapper from Outkast, is not good because of how much better Andre 3000 was than him. Now, I will say this. I think Andre 3000 is an incredibly special talent. But I do also agree with the internet that's come to big boy's back. He's a very good rapper also. But it, it made me, it sent me down a a little bit of an outcast rabbit hole. And uh, I suggest, if you're interested in hip-hop at all, they're, they're one of the few groups that I feel like you can just kind of, you can be incredibly engaged with their music and get, it's a little bit like, um, this is going to be a fucking crazy comparison. And I'm sorry in advance for it. But it's a little bit like the way that Shrek appeals to both adults and children in that uh, you can be very engaged with an Outcast album and catch these like intricate rhyme schemes and interesting vocabulary and social points that these guys are trying to make. Also, the same group, the same song, you can kind of like throw on in the background and not have to engage with it and it's it's like the beats are not invasive and they're not the lyrics aren't so invasive that you have to like uh but the beats aren't like so good that you have to dance to them also like that that's a that's another part of the equation i suppose um yeah like other i listen to most Def's Black on Both Sides. It's my favorite hip-hop album. 
and I listen to it like four times a year, but I got to be like in the mood to listen to it. Like he has a song called mathematics that that whole album, by the way, give that, give that a whirl, give it a spin. The, uh, most F's black on both sides, but he has a, he has a song on there called, uh, mathematics. That's fucking, uh, amazing. I tried to get a song called Miss Fat Booty played at our wedding, and I think the DJ intentionally didn't play it. And I don't know if it's because my wife paid him off to not play it or if it's because he saw the name and the size of my wife's booty and decided that he was not going to subject her or the audience to that. Uh, Okay, last, uh, last bit of whatever. The United States, New York Times wrote an article that the United States birth rate is down this year, accelerating a trend that already exists. <sighs> I said it's late. Um, the birth rate's down. There's already been a downward trend in birth rate, and this accelerated it. I think that the birth rate is down like the most pronounced time was like late December or December because that's when babies that would have been conceived at the beginning of the pandemic, at the beginning of lockdowns, uh, would have been born. There were some jokes at the beginning of this, that this was going to create a baby boom. And that, that never seemed possible. And our daughter was like six months old when this started. And I think the pandemic has convinced us we're having one kid. I can't imagine right now adding a second kid to this mix. And we love our daughter. She's fucking awesome. And she's been relative to, it seems like all of our friends, she's like so easy to manage. And still it's like, fuck. Adding a second one just would be, oh, what a, what a fucking stress it would create. I'm also I'm also self-conscious about the idea of bringing a child into this world with the sole hope that that I create a boy which I'm I'm constantly auditing myself to make sure anytime I think about having a second kid that, that that's that that's not the reason. Um we haven't talked about any data stuff in a while because I'm trying to just like gen- generally shy away from politics as a topic, not only that I talk about on this podcast, but also that, that I consume. And so I have not, um, I haven't been talking about data. There is like India is getting thrashed right now, which isn't new to anybody. But when you look at their, their, the data, behind their numbers like it looks like they are they have about four times the population of the united states and the numbers that they could put up are going to be fucking scary if the trend continues and there's no reason to believe that the trend will not continue much like the united states where at some point you're like you're gonna have to just flatten this shit off you're not gonna break it off this trend you gotta you gotta do the work you gotta slow the rate of change um, before you can start to have those numbers decline. But this, uh, this 
birth rate deal. So this, the 2020 made the 2011 to 2020 decade the second slowest decade of population growth either in the history of America or since like the 1800s. And then 25 states in this country had more deaths than births. So none of this is surprising to me because weirdly in like, I don't know, January of 2020 before COVID was like a real threat in the United States. And I wasn't paranoid about it. That That is not why I was looking it up. I was actually, I just looked up to see like, you know what it was? I was thinking about, I believe the Seattle Metropolitans won either the 1917 or 1919 Stanley Cup. And the 1918 Stanley Cup was canceled because of the Spanish flu. And I remember thinking like, what? Because this the reason I was looking it up is because the Seattle's getting a hockey team. And I was like, can you imagine how bad shit would have to be? Like they would never do that. Now there's just too much money involved. So that was always why. And I've said it on this podcast a million times, but when, when sports shut down, I was like, fuck, this is, I literally like, I got an alert on my phone that a Sounders game had been postponed and I ordered groceries to be delivered to my house at like the moment I got the alert, basically. Um, and what I found out in that is that in 1918, it was the only year. 1900 to present day. I think it was the only year that the population didn't grow by at least 700,000 people because it actually shrunk by 60,000 people. So I'm not surprised that the, I'm a, it has perhaps ended any birth rate increase opportunities in my house. Uh, but even then it's like less, I mean, probably less unplanned pregnancy also. So, okay, that's enough of this. Happy Mother's Day to the mothers. Are there any mothers out there? Happy Mother's Day. Um, please to call your mom, tell her hi. Thank you for listening to this podcast, and I will talk to you later.